0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This program is intended for educational purposes.
1: listening
0: to. Rap you.
2: You're listening to. You're to. You're You're listening
3: to. You're You're to. you to which is into its fourth edition, seeks to facilitate and recognize documentation of good practices of social change through reflections and learnings of various organizations. We hope you find these stories interesting and inspiring in equal measure. Why is it not possible for us to just create empathetic learner-led spaces? We learn from them, they learn from us. That's how this works.
2: Yeah.
0: Before I come here, like I have no idea about the special needs children and all.
2: The essence is inclusion. (laughs) We see them in totality. So they're teaching me acceptance. They're teaching me abundance. And it was an experiment. Even today I'll say it's an
4: experiment. And now I would say it's a successful one. This experiment that started a decade ago continues in an airy kitchen in a residential neighborhood of Nel in Bengaluru. Yes? Ready, everyone?
2: Okay, ready? Masala
4: papad. Masala papad. A masala papad topped with cucumber, onion, Tomatoes and chaat masala transforms into a lesson in math and music before becoming part of a wholesome meal. Besides being a unique way to learn measurements and rhythm, the kitchen session was a key ingredient of the Uhuru program run by non-profit Snehadhara at its semi-residential facility for children with special needs. I'm your host Anuradha Nagraj, faculty at the School of Development at Azeem Premji University. And we visited Snehadhara to see this
2: experiment firsthand. So it was not so much the chopping per se that they were doing, I had brought it all ready, chopped and ready. This is special educator Sumati Ramji, talking about how she
4: curated the Masala Papad lesson, part of the program called Uhuru, of
2: Freedom in Swahili. For some of them, it was also coordinating and being able to scoop a spoon out and pour it. So for some of uh, them, uh, there is this difficulty in coordinating the movement. So then we give them a chance to, we give them an opportunity to work on their skills, on to improve on this so that they overcome the deficit. And food becomes a major, very, very attractive way of inviting them into the space and making them participate. All of them are very excited when it comes to food. So, looking at the array of these things and then sensorially understanding all of it, like smelling it, recognizing what the ingredient is, and then making the whole recipe. So, it was about spooning the quantities of the different ingredients, mixing them together than spreading it on a puppet.
4: The essence of Snehadhara's idea of being led by the children with special needs, giving everyone the freedom to say not only yes, but also no. The idea of having inclusion at the core of every activity travels from the kitchen to the courtyard of this learning center, beyond its large wooden door, into the neighborhood, across state borders and overseas. Geetanjali G. Govindrajan, founder of Snehadhara explains the uhuru program so the uhuru comes from uh, the
3: it's a swahili word which means i think the freedom to be and i think uh, that's exactly what we were trying to do and then you work with the art so that becomes all the more like karte kya wo matlab and i say yahi karte <laughs> like you know so i think that uh, we were a little earlier ahead of time because now of course people are hearing creative art therapy expressive art therapy arts can be a language and all of that so um, these were the two things for me one is can we look at a language of communication that is universal and which is not speech dependent because so much of how we are with each other is just how we are and language can be so limiting that was one and the second was to be able to say that Why do we need to categorize people on these labels of what is their diagnosis? Why is it not possible for us to just create empathetic learner-led spaces? I think, uh, so the name Uhuru well fitted that. Uhuru became a program for us where we would work with children through the methodology of the arts in one-on-one group
4: settings, community settings, inclusive settings. The seeds of this initiative were sown way back in 2007, when Geetanjali met four-year-old Sneha at her daughter's summer school in Bengaluru.
3: When I saw Sneha for the first time, it was fascinating for me to see that here's a child who's different, she looks different, but her presence is teaching the other children how to take care of each other. And that was my first lesson on inclusion. Saying that it's not what we need to do to somebody
4: who is different or disabled. We're not seeing how much they... For Geetanjali, the long road to building Snehadhara began with trying to help Rajita and Sunil find a school for their daughter Sneha, who had been diagnosed with Down syndrome. So, And and you met Sneha how many years back? 2007 is when
3: I met her. And um, when we started this whole journey, is when it began, I started thinking, saying that it can't be just a Sneha. I mean, if I'm so close to diversity in a classroom, 10% of every classroom is going to have children who learn differently. So there are bigger things. I mean, it's just not about this. But I also knew that this rebellious thought has to move into some form of action. But Sneha, I think, paved that way. So when we couldn't find a school for her, which her parents were okay with and, you know, where she could uh, go to. I came home and I said, Rajita and Sunil, what do we want? We want a space where Sneha learns, where she's celebrated for who she is, and we work
4: with her, no? How about just creating that space? The next thing you know, Geetanjali was Googling how to set up a non-profit.
3: I said, Section 25 sounds such a legal thing, like you know, act of Section 21. I like this word, trust. So, that was my, I've been, then I didn't even, because nothing in my life had got me to inquire about how non-for-profits work or trust and we've never heard it. The only trust we knew would be temples. Temples are trusts. You know, it was for the longest. I said, I love this word, trust, because finally I need people to trust me in saying that we can do this. So, it was such a mundane pick. Yeah, and that time I didn't think it was going to be 50,000, 60,000 children will really impact, nothing. I came home and I said, okay, now this trust is set up. Uh, now let's start figuring out where and what it is. And I said, we'll now we'll start doing our work.
4: At the Nelmangla Learning Centre, this sound of the gong announces the next activity of the day. Mealtime, music, art, walk, trip to the neighbourhood, cooking and maybe a nap. And within this seemingly structured schedule, there is constant improvisation. Give and take as the residents of the learning centre go about their day.
1: So nehadhara has always been a huge proponent of saying that use the resources that the children give that the uh, you know that the people within snehadhara that they give you it's not so much about um, okay we'll use this textbook or we'll use reference materials and all of that
4: but this is yashaswini gupta is you...
1: associate director at
4: snehadhara so, telling us about how she has learned to go with the flow
1: but what is it that the child is giving you when you're a part of the session right so Just as an example, there was a child who had uh, trouble pronouncing some words. So we made up songs which had a lot of uh, tongue twister, rhymey kind of things, right? So, Or we made up songs which used sounds like... uh, uh, mm -mm, So that to work on the oromotor skills of the child itself, because... They loved music, they loved singing, they loved to listen to songs. A lot of children of ours have learned how to sing songs before they've learned to speak.
4: These musical sessions, held at the Rotunda, opening out into the green surroundings of Snehadhara, are often helmed by Satish, a facilitator at the center whose rousing voice encourages everyone to sing along.
0: Chana pa chana gauda.
4: So how did you you choose this song? Like why did you choose this song for today?
0: First, myself, I feel like confident with these songs. Then I'll choose first whatever is confident for me. Then only I can teach or I can do sessions with them. I'll go with that basis first. Then I'll prepare like with the group. I'll think about the group. how to Yavutara Madh be called. So, this atwange practice. This session the session. So, I'll do that on that basis. And the
4: goal is participation, says Satish who learned on the job by observing sessions conducted by others
0: elder group participation is important they have to participate see some children can't speak they can participate while like doing movements some can speak so they can participate while speaking so movement to include madad.
4: The Uhuru program, which first began working with children through the medium of the arts in one on one group settings, has since expanded as the needs of the children changed or evolved. Gitanjali further explains. So each
3: program that is birthed has birthed from a certain need. There was a child who would really cook very well, but was otherwise very dysfunctional. So we set up a, a program called Obatu Cafe, where the kids would go, they would cook. If you're not able to even tell what you want, at least you're able to cook a meal. That also meant that here's an opportunity for us to take the child, to go and decide what the child wants from the shop. An opportunity for the shopkeeper to understand diversity. So, you know, it just seemingly looked like, wow, all the dots seem to be joining together. This is like the only way to be able to do it for us. And then we said, then it could create an opportunity, food is where it is, for parents to explore if they want some self-employment. The
4: ideas that helped the Uhuru program came in from everywhere. Sometimes even from very unexpected quarters. For example, the ideas of sleepovers came during a dinner table conversation in Geetanjali's home. We were home at dinner and my younger daughter is a seven-year-old.
3: And she would come, the children would come to the campus to volunteer and these are like big, big boys and this is this pint sized thing holding their hand and walking to the store with them. When we were at home for dinner, she landed up telling me, saying, Mama, I've decided whom I'm going to marry. And I said, uh, yeah, tell me. I mean, this seven-year-old talking about marriage and all that. And uh, in my mind, I was thinking, really? Let's have this <laughs> conversation 10 years later. So then I said, Why would you want to? Why would you say you want to marry uh, some of them there? She said, No, Mama, I've spent time with them. But see, we don't know what it is till we live with them. Ah. And Until we live with them, we'll not know what more we can do for them. I think it, that it was that dinner. And I announced the overnight of the next day. And that's been the trend. It's been if there's something that we feel we have to address. The time to address it is now. So I just announced it saying we'll do this and we'll figure out how we want to do it. So clearly, the was there a fear on how would you manage? No, there was a guilt on why didn't we do this so long? You know, why our children have sleepovers? I don't think a parent of a child with special needs would have ever had a night without needing to take care of the
4: child. Sudha Surya Prakash is one such parent. The mother of three children always had a packed schedule, but had never thought of spending a night without her son, Covan.
5: Well at the right time, will they be able to take care of him? And in case he has problems, uh, screaming and shouting, how will they manage? And all the, that was my concern first whether he would be able to stay there. But then um, on the first day, I was allowed to stay there to show whatever uh, I'm supposed to do for him. So all his brushing needs and all those, how he brushes, how, I mean, what are all his concerns and all. So all that I did tell to the concerned person. And um, actually, surprisingly, in a in week, he kind of managed and all that. And I mean, I found that they were really very professional. See, this was something because usually when you go to a different place, See, this is the main thing is like how you're going to feed the child and how you're going to take care of his toiletry needs because this is what is basic and this basic is what they don't know how to do. Because as a mother, that's the first thing you get because we are not looking at some academic results there. You know, we're only looking at a place where he'll be taken care of well, like how he feels at home. So that was my concern. And I found, you know, they are really great in that, you know, they take care very well.
4: Sudha is talking about the Akkas. An integral part of the Uhuru program, who are key not only to the caregiving, but enthusiastic participants in all the song, dance and other activities. Here is Manjama talking about her connect with the
3: children. आदरिन्दा नमके तुम्बा कुसी आयतो अदनो मारणा इन्नो ईरान ना माकर जेते हैं ना, है ना कुसी नमके ये नवतो यावतो गुड़ा नमक बेजर आगे ना सरे ले माकर जेते ले डांस मारा किस्टा एक्टिंग एला मारती हुए और
4: That was Manjama, talking about her everyday routine, helping children get ready for the day, being a part of their activities and sharing meals with them. For her, the children at Snehadhara bring unconditional joy and happiness. It's not just Manjama, but everyone associated with Snehadhara, the coordinators, facilitators, akkas and parents who believe that the children are at the heart of everything. Vibha Bhatt, the coordinator of the direct care program, can't imagine it in any other way. They're at the heart of everything. So, I mean, the only way I can think of describing is, so Vygotsky, when he was giving his theory of development, he sort of said, it's concentric circles around us and our world expands. The reach of the further circle is through its influence on the uh, circles closer to the center, so they're at the heart of everything. But we don't think of them as recipients. They walk this with us. So we do everything that we do is with them, and it's not for them. It's for everybody. Because if you do it for somebody, or if it if someone is a recipient, there's a sort of uh, power dynamic that comes in. We don't think of that. We learn from them. They learn from us. That's how this works. Yeah. Amid the hustle and bustle of the learning centre, where the green surroundings are punctuated by the persistent sound of crickets, songs and music, is a small sanctuary with prayer flags fluttering in the wind. It houses a shrine with an idol of Tarama, the female incarnation of Buddha. Geetanjali explains what the sanctuary means and does for the people on Snehadhara's Nelmangala premises.
3: See, I think, uh, again, interesting, you picked up that Eastern influence bit. See, at the end of all this chaos, an order will emerge, which is meant to stay. And I think that's been my learning as well. Knowing how things are, and if we talk a little bit, I've been a student of learning Buddhist psychology. So I think the influences is not coming in from so much to say of a particular way, as much as it's coming from challenging the existing Uh, Western psychology which exists, which according to me feels very categorized, feels very very confined. So I think somewhere down the line, for me the, uh, the busyness of this program is also an indicative of this is what it is for a life in the child. Within every microcosm there is a microcosm. A child is going through so much busyness of chatter. No language, doesn't know what is happening, self-stimming behavior, biting, inflicting. But at the end of it, the child has figured out a way to be amongst everybody else, even if that is not getting bothered by another. Like no two children get bothered when one child is having a meltdown. You know, so there is, there is a way in which children have realized we can be and we can coexist. And I think that calm comes for me from that particular space as well. To be it is to
4: in this calm way. space that everyone retreats after a day full of joy, and sometimes challenges. The challenges outside the comfort of the campus take longer to shake off and brings home the realization that the journey is far from over. Yashaswini recalls a visit to the railway station that didn't quite turn out the way they had hoped it would.
1: In fact, very recently, last this is last November, uh, when we had taken the children to the uh, railway station. Uh, the railway station near our campus just to show them that public space that how a railway station works and how does it look like because a lot of them have never been out in public spaces aside from uh, with us right so we took them to the railway station and uh, we tried to buy platform tickets uh, for the children we did not want to take them in the train that day but just show them the platform it was a relatively empty station as well so it's not like it's crowded it's not anything like that But there were people over there who stopped us saying, uh, and I quote that, you will ruin the sanctity of the space by bringing these kind of children. While there are many, many, many people who are accepting, who are loving, who are who tell us that, wow, this is such wonderful work that you're doing. People are, you know, they invite us to their marriages. They invite us to their houses. Uh, you know, there are many people like that. But there are still parts of society who do not accept children with disabilities. And, you know, it's, it's it's for me, it's almost like there's somebody who's not accepting my child. How how can they not accept my child? You know, it is that, that way. And that has been a big challenge for us.
4: But the challenges have not been a deterrent,
1: and have spurred everyone at Snehadhara
4: to do more. The success of this experiment has opened doors for many others to engage with the spirit of Uhuru. And Gitanjali explains how every small step can help build more inclusive spaces.
3: So I'll share from my experience what does it take for us to do what we do. Or even greater than this, I think the fundamental belief that there is an intuition in each one of us, and really tune into your intuition. If you feel that, so Sneha Dara for me is a call for action against something that I felt was unfair, and like that, there are so many moments in our lives where we feel we need to do something, where we feel this is not fair, and. Uh, For that, I think, tuning into your intuition to say, I want to just do this first, to be validating that itself, is I think a big step and once I think that is there, I believe that the other things come to place people come. And I'm not saying it just comes, you just have to aspire saying, you know, it's not like that. But I feel that it's just to be able to say, I want to be that change maker today. And within the machinery of what I have, this is what I can do. You don't have to be in a big city for that. Even in a small town, I could say, in all of it that I'm doing, I can do something and go and buddy. Like I keep telling people, a child with disabilities, for all you know, may just need a friend to expand their social world.
4: Take 15 minutes and go and spend time with one child. It is this approach of Snehadhara that made it one of the 10 case studies that are part of the Stories of Change, Volume 4.
0: Snehadhara is one of the stories that has been published in the fourth volume of our Stories of Change.
4: Azim Premji University faculty, Nazrul, a member of the Stories of Change team, tells us more about why Uhuru was chosen.
0: In that way, Uhuru is a very, very interesting example of something which is happening on ground, which has been done by Snehadhara Foundation. It's basically a daily learning program for children with multiple difficulties that's why as the name suggests that freedom is the basis of their intervention that when you are dealing with uh, children with difficulties uh, the beginning point is that you start with compassion empathy and you understand that their emotions are to be considered
3: And that's a wrap of this episode of Stories of Change. We would like to thank the entire team of Snehadara for their time and cooperation during the recording of this show. And most importantly, a big thank you to the children whose enthusiasm and joy was infectious and left us with a smile on our faces.
0: Make sure you check out the show notes where we share the show resources and acknowledgements. And don't forget to subscribe or like our channel for future episodes.
1: You're listening. हैं। You're listening। to सुना था। You're listening. New Radio। Radio Azim Brangi। University।